Last we left off, you were in the Twisting Swamps. Um, yes. You had... On uh, Cog. On Cog, yep. You, <laughs> you, maybe, I don't know. Um, you had gathered up some supplies. Supplies that you don't um, yes. you don't feel too confident in, you said? Um, you know, I kind of leaned heavily on a Staff of Fire. Yep. And yep. something that does thunder damage. And did not anticipate necessarily fighting a Water Elemental. Yeah, yeah. So you know that might be my what you call the word downfall. Down, downfall. Um, but knowing it's half the battle. To, uh, yeah. Yo, Joe. That might that might come to what you call bite me in the ass. Uh, it's not the main quest, just the side adventure. It's not with the whole gang, just one of them. Main quest, just a side adventure. Look, someone had to miss because they had some other stuff to do that day. But this is what you get: you get a one-on-one session with one of your favorite characters, at least in the top five. Maybe, well, I guess maybe the top six or seven by now. But back to the song. Not the main quest, just a side adventure. Sometimes you have to go off on your own. Roadwalkers, side adventure. Why is this still going on? I don't know. What's up, everyone? This is Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. And for Father's Day, I've got Willow with me. Say hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to say anything? That's right. For Father's Day, Ma, Mommy and Willow gave me a really cool uh, book about a daughter and her daddy, which I really liked. It was pretty awesome. And then I got a card from Willow mm-hmm. with Batman on it. And Mommy. And Mommy got me a card, too. Yes, that is true. And well, That's my nose. <laughs> uh, last episode, Brummelstone went on a quest for his orb, which was recently shattered. And in the kingdom, and I painted my nails. And you painted your nails. That's right. What colors did you use? I was red and and on my toes, I bit dark blue. That's true. So, so. Uh, <laughs> yes, so he found. So they were brand new bits that is in them that I made over in things. <laughs> Talk about the bits that is. Talk about the princesses? Yeah. Um, yes, some of the uh, princesses that are friends with Willow came over and they got all new makeovers. Now they're princesses. So, uh, Brumblestone found the nomad and in Corsair. Call them them names. Uh, Princess Light, mm-hmm. Princess Microphone, I believe, Princess Purple, and Princess Candy. And Princess Red. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, he... So, <laughs> you all got noses. <laughs> they all have noses, this is true. That's a fundamental... And they all got mouths. That's right. Uh, okay, so a lot of stuff happened in the podcast. If you've heard part one, you know what's going on. I'm going to hurry it before she uh, interrupts me again. Uh, we join Brummelstone now as he discovers that the legendary treasure hunter, Claiborne, the love of his life, is trapped in the grasp of a living swamp. Is there anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off? You want to tell me anything about the podcast? Do you, should they do, Should they listen to my podcast? Mm-hmm. They already do. They're the ones that give us the money. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not to me. That's well. They don't give. <laughs> they don't give you the money. They give. Are we doing this or not? Are uh, do this for some reason? We're doing this for some reason. That is fair. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the show. It's your- 
a dickweed. That's my girl. It kind of builds itself up and then it erupts and another one of those logs fires out and crashes into the midsection of Claiborne as she kind of keels over a little bit more and she's relying more and more on the strength of the vines to hold her up instead of her own strength. Uh, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to do it because it seems like a smarter thing to do. Um, I reach for safety. I reach into my pocket and I have one of those crystals that Claiborne had. I hand it to Raven 3 to hold and like wait and if she looks really down to slam it into her yeah you hand the the crystal off and the raven takes off immediately it flies up high enough so that when the crystal falls it cracks open and it bursts on top of a uh, claiborne's head and then she's kind of got this renewed strength and she looks around and the moment she sees you there's like a look of shock on her face and she's trying to figure out if she's really seeing what she sees hey beautiful if I understand wall of fire, you can put the staff down. He could put a wall of fire up in between the elemental. Are you creating the wall on the creature so that it has to take damage? Yeah, and then you can do, I think, on the wall, you could do one side does, does like, is hot like regular fire. Right, the other side of the wall deals no damage. Yeah, and so, yeah, I would put the side that deals no damage, obviously, towards Claiborne. Meanwhile, Claiborne um, is, her focus is renewed. And she rips one arm free of the vines. And then she does realize that it's you. And finally a smile comes over her face. And then she turns back to focusing aggressively on the other vines. You throw your staff forward and this huge wall of flame erupts from the swamp. It kind of burns away some of the swamp gases in the air. These noxious fumes kind of fill your nostrils but the fire races along the side of the uh, whatever this weird swamp-like creature is, and it starts to thrash around wildly once it's hit with the fire, and then it pulls itself back a little bit, and you're surprised that it, as it moves, it's like the swamp rearranges with it. Like, the swamp compensates for how it moves, and it moves, and uh, it comes towards you, and once it gets close to you, one of those logs fires out and uh, slams it for 16 damage. Dang, yo. And then how, how many hit points do you have? I have 38 altogether, 38, okay. so minus 16. Yeah, so another 19 damage as a pile of vines fires off and just smashes into it and threatens to knock you over. 35. I have three hit points left. Okay, Brummelstone, it's your turn. You know, Vasa would be very mad and is screaming at me for using the stones. Uh, but I'm going to slam one into myself. Okay, then I will pull out the horn of blasting and blast it. 15 constitution saving throw. Eight. They're literally all twos and ones. Alright, so yeah, it, it looms over you and you reach from behind and you pull out the horn of blasting and you lean back and you let loose a wild blast but it almost like deconstructs itself and shapes around the cone and and doesn't seem to take uh, nearly any significant damage from that attack. Uh, Now I need you to roll and make sure it doesn't fucking explode, dude. Uh, 23. Oh my god, he's three points away. (laughs) So he just kind of set back and it erupts and you can feel the horn about to crack and explode with fire damage but it doesn't Claiborne screams when she sees how bad you're you're looking right now and she rips another vine off uh, this time from her leg the creature, this uh, kind of weird elemental swamp force that uh, hovers over you freaks out at the sight of Claiborne starting to break loose and it leaves your side so you get an opportunity to attack if you would like Ooh, eight. Okay, so swing and a miss as it quickly swarms over. Like it goes around the fire, and it has to use its entire move to get over to Claiborne. But once it gets near her, you can see the water start to whip and spiral as some kind of force is starting to build underneath this creature. Okay. Uh, it is your turn. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to circle in behind them, I guess, to get close to Claiborne and put the one like on top to push it away. To try and scare it away. Yeah, let's get Claiborne down, because this thing seems way more scared of Claiborne than it does of me. 
<laughs> All right, so you slush through the water, make your way, and um, get behind Claiborne. And as soon as you get near, she's like, what are you doing here? It's a long story. Just focus on getting down. Like, we've got the nomad. You know, like, the nomad's nearby. We can get out of this. She looks confused, but then, yeah, you bring the fl- uh, wall of flame up. It erupts from the swamp, seems to, again, kind of almost feed off of the uh, fumes and the s- swamp gas that's hanging in the area. Kind of empowers it, and the fire rushes up and slams into the creature. Gonna make a save. Uh, passes. Um, so nine damage. Yeah, so you can hear it kind of catch fire a little bit and start to burn, and it you can hear, like, the water swoosh around and kind of a gurgling sound, but it, it still seems like it's there. So Claiborne rips her other arm free, and then with nothing to support her, she falls face first into the water and is trying to pull herself up. So, yeah, she's not doing great right now. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it takes, because of how thick that wall is, it cannot reach you guys in time. So the creature uh, pulls away from the fire, makes its way around the entirety of the wall, and it gets, it, it's looming over her again. And again, starts to, the water starts to swirl more and more and more. It's kind of energy seems to build up inside of it, but it can't do anything this round. It had to burn its entire turn to get around your wall. Rumblestone. Okay. Uh, pull Claiborne up. Is she? How does she look? Can I tell if she's like heavily damaged? No, you you healed her. Okay, so she's okay there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I would pull it up and be like, uh, when would start to try to rip because she still has vines on her feet. Yeah, she has one leg. Okay, so I would. Start so do you want to pull would, her up or do you want to try and break the last vine? I would. Yeah, whatever effectively gets her breathing again. Which would I think would be pulling at the vine if I could. So break how it. do you want to break the vine? Um, I'm going to use this staff and use burning hands to burn through that vine. Yeah, so you kind of take a step back, uh, you bring your staff forward, and then this huge burst of flame it rips out of the staff, engulfs the uh, vine, and leaves nothing behind. She falls into the water, and then she pulls her head up as she's on her hands and knees. And when she does, well, she's looking straight up at it with no fear now. Uh, and then Rumblestone would say, I hope you have a plan. <laughs> I feel like we're like back and back and I've encircled us in fire, which may not have been the smartest move. <laughs> She's going to pick you up. You can hear her feet swoosh in the water for a second. And then she takes off running. The creature's going to get a free attack. It does manage to hit her. It slams into her for 12 damage. So as she starts to run away, like it, these vines whip out and crash into her back, and she kind of stumbles forward a little bit, but it doesn't stop her, and she runs 60 feet away. And I would tell her where the nomad was or where we came in from. And she just looks confused. She's like, we're not running away. And Uh-oh. she runs 60 feet away and then lets you kind of fall off of her as she turns around. She puts her hand out and kind of like cracks her knuckles a little bit, like she's trying to do something. It's not going to let us go until we take care of it. We're not going to outrun it in its own natural habitat. That creature swells up with a whole bunch of water, and it looks like it almost increases in size. And then it barrels forward at you, and within moments, it's right up on you guys again. Rumble Sun? Oh, gosh. Well, then I will try the horn again. I guess that's probably my... I may root. Passes. Well, 13. Half of 13. And another deafening blast. <laughs> yeah. And that's when he would look over and be like, I'm kind of out of magic too. It's a long story, but it's essentially why we're here. If I can move back, I might move back behind her. <laughs> sure. So it's her turn. She rips her glove off and lets it fall into the swamp. And she's got a ring on her right hand, and she gives it a twist, and there's like this kind of weird sensation as if everything stops for a second, and then everything starts to speed up rapidly, and then it kind of clicks, and then before you know it, she has her bow out, and she's firing off four shots. They all fly forth and rip into the creature, taking chunks of it away with it. She's already got arrows drawn for the next attack, but can't do anything else this round. Um, This creature, it is going to try to slam into her, 
as the waters build more and more around it. Um, but it misses twice. Like, ever since she did that little bit of a click with her ring, when it tries to attack her, dodging way faster than normal. Like, she's kind of almost blinking in and out of existence. Promos Stone, it's your turn. Jeez, feels so inadequate right now. <laughs> uh... Brumblestone would step off to the side and try to blow the horn again. It seems like it's the best option for now. Fails this time. It's all up to you, Brummy. 20. All right, so once more you pull back and just huge rip. This time it catches at full force and you can see a small section kind of blast apart as it's trying to keep its vines and that weird kind of green pulsating energy to uh, is being used to try to keep everything together. What'd you get on your uh, horn roll? Um, a six. <laughs> you blow into the horn, the blast rips forth, but as it rips out, the horn rips apart, breaks open. Yeah, this huge explosion backfires from the horn and engulfs you. Um, I need to know your max hit points and how many hit points you're at right now because. I'm going to be honest, like, if I roll too high, this might kill you. The explosion deals 10d6 fire damage, right? Mm-hmm. But holding the staff makes you resistant to fire damage when you hold the oh, staff. Jesus Christ, okay. So, so which yeah, is yeah. why I picked both of these together. You have a decent chance of surviving that. All right. Yes. So your max hit points is at 38? 38. So the horn, of, the horn of blasting goes off. The fire threatens to engulf you, but then you watch as the staff of fire almost kind of erupts and wraps you like in a protective flame. It's almost like the two infernos are uh, fighting for dominance, but the staff pushes off the majority of the explosion and protects you in a fiery sheath as you collapse into the water. But you're still alive. Like you, you, you're at you're at zero. Brummelstone, your first death save. Twelve. Um. So that's a success. You can hear like the the last fragments of glass uh, falling into water as she lets you drop into the water, and then uh, fires off. So she rapidly fires off three more shots uh, after dropping you in the water. And there's not much left of this thing. It's just almost like this pulsating greenish aura with little bits of a sludge in the middle of it. It's turn. You watch as two vines whip out, slam into her for... Uh, they, they look like they're ripping her apart. They wrap around her, and they're starting to drag her into the vortex. Oh, man. Brummelstone, your turn. So here's the conundrum I'm in, guys, if you want to play along at home. Um, <laughs> my horn of blasting is gone. I'm just going to go ahead and close that tab. <laughs> I'm going to um, close that door in my life. And close that door. I can throw up the shield. I'll throw up the shield on me a little bit more. Um, so I'm actually wielding it. My staff has one more charge left. All right. Uh, I'm going to roll i'm gonna use cast burning hands on one of the vines to get one of her free hoping that she can then rip off with oh it's a cone you could get both of them free oh yeah then let's do that (laughs) take the final kill shot so what are you doing (laughs) so yeah i would like wake up shattered horn and you know shattered blasting horn in my hand throw that (laughs) away you know kind of double up on the shield see where the peril is you know, take the staff and fire and blast down at the two, which then I have to roll d20, and if it doesn't survive, it cracks open. It, it shudders. It just turns into dust. It's destroyed. Oh, oh God. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't explode again. From- I was like, how much <laughs> TNT did you bring to this goddamn fight? Rumblestone is not a gunslinger. No one wanted to help him <laughs> teach him how to make a gun, so he just had to bring his own fire skills. I'm not bitter. I'm just saying, it would have been another repertoire, skill in the repertoire, but gunslinger code, what ifs? Um, (laughs) It fails, so. You blast the vines apart, the fire even races up a little bit and kind of burns more of its uh, 
what's left of its plant life away. Yeah, that's Rumblestone would run up and be like, hands, uh, vines off my girl. (laughs) (laughs) She gets up and she lines up a shot and fires straight into the middle. She got a critical hit. The the noxious fumes kind of dispel and just (laughs) all out. Uh, The vines get thrown haphazardly around the swamp area, and then the swamp starts to quiet. And then before you know it, she kind of half collapses out of joy uh, on you and just holds you for a second. Hey, beautiful. Miss me? (laughs) And then she's like, well, that's the moment. And she pulls away. (laughs) What are you doing here? I I mean, I'm glad you're here. I I mean, I missed you. I don't know. But, I mean, what are you doing here? Um, Where's the rest of your friends? So they're still out there. No, they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. They're doing okay? Uh, Yes. Well, they're doing something. Uh, Okay. (laughs) As as good as we've probably ever been. Uh, We were on another world. I used my orb to close a gate. And it shattered and broke the orb. Uh, they took me to the Nomad, and he said, I can help you acquire a new means of magic so that I can go back and help my brother and comrades. Why wouldn't you just go home and get a new orb? It's not that easy. Oh. Yeah. And he would explain that orbs let him see like the other timelines, and they're very precious things, and that they, you know, like, this orb I didn't even create. It was the orb of my master. So it's been around for generations. So it was a loss of a valuable object. And the nomad was insistent we find you, that you could help us with whatever this was. Because I'm an artifact hunter, I could find you another orb. Uh, I believe he had an alternate source that he saw that was on COG. And when he looked into it, Uh, He saw you were in peril, and he's around here somewhere. Well, I'm... I'm on my way to the temple nearby. What's in the temple? What was that? (laughs) Minathias is uh, something of a demigod in the swamp. It's trying to keep me from getting to the temple of the Twisting Swamps. What's in the temple? Um... I'm here to break my curse. Well, let's break it. You said the nomad's with you? The nomad doesn't get involved in this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, he seems to... Maybe there's a different quest he actually wanted you for and saw that you were in dam- you were in trouble here and so got us here. So yeah, and Brummelson would like call out or would start being like, he's over this way. We teleported in. Should we go see him first or should... I mean... I think we should go see him first, unless you think this guy's going to return. No, you're right, you're right. I think we just killed a demigod. It's just kind of awkward about it. <laughs> All right, let's go and <laughs> see. The two of you start to traverse the swamp until you get back to the location. Yeah, and then I... During that time, it would be that, like, Brummelstone would catch her up on everything that hadn't happened. Well, it's like, so a, I mean, like a, a two-minute journey, so. Yeah, it would be, it would be the best. <laughs> Cliff <Netflix. laughs> the best. All right, so as you're catching her up, you eventually find your spot again. Nomad, it's clear. We've got Claiborne. And he pokes his head out. Claiborne? Oh, hey there. You guys want to come inside? And he drops the rope. After you. <laughs> and she climbs the rope, gets in there. Um, you climb the rope as well. Once you get inside, I mean, it's just black space. Like, there's like a little, there's not a lot of room to sit. Even though you don't see walls, you feel walls. And although it's darkness in here, you see the people in here just fine. Claiborne looks for a wall, finds it, puts your back to it, and slumps down. <laughs> The nomad, um, he's sitting there with his like kind of his knees up to his chin almost, and he's kind of holding his knees with his arms, and he's like, "I knew you'd be able to save her, Brummelstone. So good job, good job." And she kind of eyes him, and she's like, "What, what is going on here?" The nomad looks, and he says, uh, "Well, your boyfriend here came to me in an hour of need and said that he needed to be able to cast spells again." He's, uh, "I'm not, not suggesting anything. I'm saying that purely in the spell casting department." 
he is currently temporarily lacking. And so, um, he's <laughs> trying to figure out, uh, how he's going. It happens to a gone. lot of wizards. It happens <laughs> to a lot of wizards. <laughs> so, I wanted to introduce him to a different way of spellcasting. Uh, something I think is actually going to help. I, the thing that he wants, <laughs> I just don't, I don't think it's an option for him. Uh, we ran into each other on another world and um yeah i want to put him in touch with something i i these items are really hard to come by and i know where a collection of them are so i want to get my hands on them but i can't do it without you and her eyes kind of narrow (laughs) and she's like so we're going to make you a ton of money and you're going to give him the ability to cast spells again and he's like he seemed to think it was a good deal. It's up to him if he doesn't think it's a good deal anymore. And then they both look at you. Uh, look, it was the only opportunity I had to get anything near magic. And I need to get back and help. It only seems that the nightmares are spreading. So, I was no use to my group. Just a dwarf. I'm used to my group you're as a wizard. You're not just a dwarf. But no. I know what you're saying. And she kind of thinks about it for a second. And she says, well, I'm not going anywhere until I finish why I'm here. So if you want me to come with you, you're going to have to let Bremelstone come with me into the temple. And he's like, he thinks about it. He says, I mean, sure, whatever, as long as this is not going to take too long, is it? And she says, no, it's not going to take too long. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and take a guess that uh, you loaned out some equipment. And he said, yeah. Then he looks over at you and he realizes he doesn't see everything he gave you. <laughs> there was no return policy. <laughs> and he says, what have you done? What needed to be done to get Claiborne? If what you are proposing is going to make you rich, as you say. I knew you were, were going to go down this road. I knew as soon as you said that you were going to go down this road. And he kind of thinks about it for a second. He's like, fine, yeah, debt's forgiven. And Claiborne leans for a little bit, and she's like, I'm not talking about forgiven debt. You need to let him pick out some new stuff and help me out. And he just looks flabbergasted. He just looks and leans and he's like, more magical items. He can't, he's a wizard, and he can't even use the ones I gave him. No, no. And Claiborne says, well, I mean, I need help. And she kind of shrugs and... Uh, yeah, yeah. this is where Brummelstone would be like, you told me the only person in the world who could help you was Claiborne. It seems like your terms are very limited to her offers. Uh, I'm no economics major, but Fossa did teach me a little bit about supply and demand. And seems like you have a lot of supply and there's only a few <sighs> demands. <your> <laughs> Takes his pouch off his side, throws it in the middle of the area, it kind of grows into a bag, and he says, get some sleep, pick some new stuff out, hurry up. I don't want to live in this hole for the next week while you guys have some magical adventure together in a temple. And so at this point, you're free to re-equip yourself. So I guess the question is, that's when Brummelstone would say, like, what are we going into? And Claiborne puts her hand on her knee and she says, well, the temple's really where... I first did my my first major score, and I stole what I thought was an artifact. And it's still, I mean, it is an artifact. It just, it wasn't worth the cost. Um, this this temple, the priests of the temple, the the servants of the temple, if you will, the occupants. Um, they are a, a very dangerous type of creature. Um. And then she forgets that she's talking to somebody who knows things, and she goes, "Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, it's it's a temple full of uh, you and Ty. You familiar? Uh, can I roll Arcana and see yeah. if I am? Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Fourteen is good enough. The you and Ty are a race of snake-like creatures. They are dangerous because of their strength and sometimes their venom, but they're particularly uh, feared." Because of their use of psionic abilities, the ability to crawl into people's minds, rip them apart, and do what they want with them. Now, do I have a limit this time? Is this like it's three items still because you can only attune to three okay. items? So yeah. So the the yeah, Brimlestone might say like maybe you can tell me more about this mission. Are we just going in to wipe everybody out? I don't know 
if we can talk our way through the Yuintai. They can reach into our minds. I don't know if we'll have a chance to ever have a successful conversation with them. So what we're wanting to return isn't necessarily the Yuintai's. No, no, it's... Are, are we even returning it, I guess, is, like, a question. And she, um, she, like, pulls your, uh, she's wearing, like, a different kind of cloak now, and on the side, she pats the side of it, and, um, there's a small black box that's affixed to her belt. And she's like, we're bringing it back. It's the, it's the heart of a creature, um... We're going to have to go oh, down there. I'm going to have to do a ritual. Um, and then I'm going to have to offer it back. So they can remove the curse from me. At this point, I'm going to have to cut in real quick. You see, uh, I allowed, just like previously, I allowed Brummelstone to kind of pour through, you know, the wealth of magical items that Dungeons & Dragons provides. And I'm going to be real with you. I think I probably cut out about an hour of content while he shopped around, asked questions, uh, made some trades. So here's, let's give you the breakdown. Here's where we're at. Brumblestone decided to keep the Spellguard shield, which protects him from magic. He decided to pick up the Dwarven Thrower, which D&D um, &D dances around the idea. It's basically Mjolnir. He can throw it, crash into people, call it back to him. It's Thor's hammer. On top of that, he traded in his Wand of Web for Boots of Elven Kind, which help him uh, get really sneaky. And then with the leftover trade-in value of the wand, he gathered a collection of scrolls once he realized that he could just start replacing some of the spells in his uh, repertoire with spell scrolls. Um, and then on top of all of that, he made sure that he walked away with a scroll of teleportation so he could get back to the Nomad as quickly as possible once him and Claiborne completed their task. Uh, normally, I don't like to cut in and uh, do voiceovers for episodes, but I spent a lot of time trying to turn this into a uh, digestible segment of content and... Uh, no, <laughs> it, uh, it was not going to work out. So you're welcome. Back to the podcast. So you're going to long rest, I assume? Yes. Because Claiborne is. <laughs> yes, as, as long as Claiborne needs. Maybe we'll even cuddle. No, that's too much. PA. <laughs> I would lay gently beside beside her and maybe put a hand over hers. Yeah. No, no. And then you guys kind of pass out together. After some amount of time, you're not sure what, it's completely dark in here, like I said. The Nomad's shaking both of your shoulders. He's like, hey. What's up? Let's go. Come on. All right. Well, I would start by casting Mage Armor. The Nomad lowers the rope and allows you to climb your way down. The swamp seems a little more calm today than it was when you first arrived here, and you kind of realize that the chaos of that demigod had kind of brought to life the swamp itself. Now that it's gone, there's kind of this nice, quiet settlement to the entire place. Nice. It's a lovely swamp. <laughs> Claiborne rolls her eyes and starts moving forward. You have to travel for about an hour and a half. Finally, you approach what must be the temple, a ziggurat that reaches over a hundred feet the rest of the swamp seems to grow away from it, almost as if it wants nothing to do with it. Stationed in front of the door, which is this old stone door, are two humanoid figures. Both of them are uh, wide-shouldered. They have uh, shawls that hang uh, in the front and back. They have bracers on as well, kind of uh, silver bracers around their wrists. And... The other thing that would be uh, alarming for you is that their chest is like the underbelly of a serpent. Their heads are actually thick serpent heads. They have like gray scales, green eyes, and their scales kind of wrap down their shoulders and kind of spread out until they kind of hit the chest area and then they kind of disperse. These two figures look... Uh, physically powerful. They have short bows on their back, and they have swords on their side, scimitars. And they keep, their heads keep darting around looking 
Then every now and then like, they'll stop and they'll close their eyes and they'll stop again. And you guys are hiding behind a set of trees and Claiborne says, so you got those boots. Are we trying to sneak in or are we trying to fight our way in? It seems smarter to try to sneak in as far as we can so that we only have to fight as many as we need to get to where the heart is. Says, do you have a plan on how to sneak past these two? They're guarding uh, the door. Yeah. Was, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of laughs. He's like, but, you know, come to sneak, prepare to fight. Dwarven mile. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a deep breath. <laughs> Sighs. She likes uh, it. It's a funny And game. then, yeah, she's she's uh, lining up a shot, and she's like, I missed you. Go ahead and roll this. Gosh. Uh, nine. It catches him off guard ever so slightly. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh. Brummelstone hasn't been missed in, like, a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yep, she fires off four arrows, two at each one. Um, two of the arrows connect with the first one. He has two arrows sticking out of his chest now as he kind of pulls back and looks shocked as his eyes are wide and his tongue is flicking out rapidly. Uh, the other one only took one arrow and looks relatively okay. It sees you. It pulls out its bow. So one arrow flies at Claiborne and misses. The other arrow flies at you and connects with your armor. Ramos actually feels stupid because he realized he brought sleep spells just for this, but forgot about them. Um, and <laughs> so I will use one of my scrolls of magic missile and aim at the one that has that had two and was looking bad. Nine. A volley of magic missiles rip off the page and fly into him, slamming him in the chest multiple times, and then your scroll just kind of just magically disintegrates. And then I would, if she's not moving forward, I would also take like try to take cover behind the tree. The one that's been hit the most after getting hit with the magic missiles, he turns around and opens the door and then goes inside and closes it. Claiborne curses under her breath and then lets loose on the other one. Only one hit though. Um, she fires off uh, four arrows, but it seems to anticipate each one of her shots except for the last one. It's going to rush forward 30 feet. Its tongue starts to lash out at her a bit, and it's starting to whisper something, and you don't understand what he's saying, but she seems to. And she starts to turn around and then shakes it off. But she's like, why would I do that? What are you talking about? And she opens up and um, usually she's really accurate, but she's missed two more shots. Um, She does connect. Yeah, she's kind of thrown off her game. And it just starts to like, its tongue starts to lash out and it's kind of talking to her again. And she shakes her head off. Like she shakes her head again and she's like, no, stop. Your turn, Rumblestone. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm just going to throw the hammer. 9, 10, 11. Yeah, so you throw the hammer, but it anticipates, dodges out of the way, the hammer flies forward and then swings back around and catch back, uh, slants back into your hand. It's trying to take over your mind. Fight it, Claiborne. And she's like, I am. You're supposed to be encouraging words here. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> trying to help. <laughs> Her turn, turn again. She's going to let loose. And this time she gets three arrows into him. Just fires one into the other, the other, the other. And three of them connect with him. And it almost falls over. But it looks determined. This time it turns to you. And you can hear it whisper to you. It says, uh... There's no point in this. There's nothing in here for you. You should just leave. Uh, give me a wisdom saving throw. Wisdom saving throw. Natural 20. Yeah, you shake it off. It's not what's in there. <laughs> of course not. It's what we're trying to put back in there. This is... <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn. We, you just made a foolish argument. <laughs> uh, Someone roll a hit. 23. That's exactly it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you hurl your hammer forward once more, and it slams right into his chest, and you watch him collapse into the water, and then the hammer flies and claps back into your hand, and there's no movement from the water after that. 
Um, I'm gonna go over to him and check and see if I can like identify um, if he has any markings, like, or anything that would identify like a cult or something. Yeah, and I would ask maybe you know Clayborn if she recognizes any of the symbols or anything. And she's if there. Yeah, are they, this is their temple. This is their uh, servants of Elthenius. Who's Elthenius? Elthenius is the the thing I stole from years ago. Ah. Uh, Seems they've come here to this temple to worship it. Can't we just ask them if we give it back? Because wouldn't that make Elthenius better? You said or we should. Elth- I thought we were fighting. What do I know about them? Like the snake people. Do the I know if they're... Yeah. Do I know if they're like prone to be evil? Just Oh, yeah. They're universally evil like okay like they're obsessed with reptilians being like the master race essentially so anytime they can align themselves with anything a dinosaur or bigger anything that's lizard like mm. they're like ah a god clearly like, <laughs> like that's it. an oversimplification <laughs> of them but no they are known predominantly for being an evil race i don't like to promote racism uh, yeah, in my yeah. games per se <laughs> but they they have a they're well known for their uh evil and sadistic practices. Uh Vermelstone would take the hunch that like actually returning the heart doesn't make like maybe this god is the reverse side of a good god. And maybe like um there's this story of Maui that he heard a long time ago. Oh my god. <laughs> now that maybe like but yeah, he would ask, like, does returning this heart make this like creature stronger, or is it like? And he would, yeah, you know, like on Obrimos, we have <laughs> uh, a famous play named Muana, where it's about an island girl, <laughs> <laughs> and she stops and she says, "I, I don't care if it makes it stronger. I don't want this curse anymore. I want to be with you." Oh, well, let's go kill some snake guys. <laughs> Both again. Welcome. All right. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's like everything we kind of, gosh, Rumblestone is a little hesitant because he, I don't think he quite realized that he may be releasing an evil snake god onto <laughs> Cog um, in exchange for freeing his girlfriend, but he loves her. And she's not going to come any other way. Yeah, or, I mean, I guess he could try some other ways, but this seems doesn't seem like. <laughs> so, Brummelstone would be like, <laughs> so maybe I misinterpreted that. The, I believe that the temple was going to be a little more uh, in disarray and as though the lizard men, the snake men had taken over. But it seems as though it's pretty well fortified. How deep in is this heart? It's not too far, and we're going to have to go into the uh, center of the temple, which is the throne room. And then there is a trap door into the sacrificial pit, and we're going to have to go in there to do the uh, ritual. Well, do you know a back way in? No, I would have taken us there right away. (laughs) That would have been my my first uh, destination. Well, I guess then we enter inwards. You know, you have something to them that may be of value. So if we bring them out, one, I can try to cast sleep and rest some of them, and the others I can throw fireballs at. So it seems like we would have the advantage in the swamp versus inside. So we have to tell them that we have something of theirs, then wait outside. I mean, it seems like they would come and get it. Sure. Um... Yeah, let's go to the front door. <laughs> this is the worst plan I think I've ever. Had. I mean, when this is where this is where I need the group because it feels like this is where it would be like. What makes the <laughs> most sense here? Because so it doesn't. She seem... starts trudging through the waters. Wait, well, maybe we should just think about it for a second. We did. Let's do this. I want. I want. To, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Okay, we've got a plan. Let's stick with it. <laughs> <laughs> We've already changed the plan twice, I think, so I'm I'm knocking on doors and she walks up and just <laughs> 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 
And then finally, um, you hear a voice, but you don't hear it because you can hear through the door. You hear it in your mind. Yes. When Claiborne uh, thinks, you can hear it too. And she says, we have come here to return something that was stolen long ago. And the, uh, the voice in your head is like, what is it? And she says, it is the heart of Elthenius. Just kind of a quiet. And then the voice says, Thank you. Leave it at the door. <laughs> and Claiborne looks at you like, It's not that simple. We need to perform a ritual inside. Give us a space, and we will do you no harm. We will perform the ritual. All right. I guess you don't want it. <laughs> no, she's like, Well, what if they. I don't. It's a negotiation tactic. What? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We'll take go. Lead. I don't, I'm not good at negotiating. Your turn. You let us in to perform the ritual, or you don't get the heart of Athenius. You would like to walk into our chambers and perform a ritual for us? Yeah. Well, then, by all means. And you can hear the door become unjarred and the door opens and there's about six of these Thai creatures full-bodied, shirtless wide-shouldered all of them have uh, arrows drawn on you all of the arrows are dripping with some sort of green toxin and they slowly back up as you come in so you slowly walk in and before you go any further you can hear the voice say if you mean us no harm drop your weapons you have yours drawn. You greatly outnumber us. Then you should do what we say. And Claiborne looks nervous at you. Like and She kind of whispers to you. She's like, they're really good at talking. <laughs> we can only go so far with trust. I'm sorry. And they're, just, they're just waiting. Yeah, so Ronaldson goes, okay, I understand. And he would drop his hammer. The woman, too. Have half your archers put down their arrows. It is a fair trade. Three of them lower their arrows. And she's like, I don't I don't know, Brummelstone. He goes, do you want to do this ritual? I mean, yeah, but... Then this is our best bet. Okay. And she takes her scimitar, drops it, and then they say, now the bow. And she looks at you. Uh... This is dumb. Um, isn't it enough? And you hear uh, the same voice in your head say, we have seen what she can do with a bow. She's like, that's legit. Alright, I'm just gonna have to trust the timelines, so I would nod to her. Oh my gosh, and she <laughs> takes the bow and drops it, and she has no weapons now. And then the archers slowly start to back away so you can come through. Thanks for listening to Strange Magic Episode 2. I want to remind everyone that once all the episodes are up, Wes will be joining Brian and I for an episode of World Talkers, where we're going to talk about the ramifications of strange magic, so you should keep an account on that. If I sign and I take out this and who's my vowel too, and don't my yeah, your bed has a slide on it now. It's pretty sweet. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod. You can I find his work at commentary.com. The sound effects come from Sirenscape. <laughs> you can find it at Sirenscape.com. Happy Father's Day as applicable. <laughs> I'm at zero. I'll just say, if you hadn't had the staff, I think you would have died there. Mm-hmm.
Oh yeah, of course. From max from massive damage, yeah. I rolled really well. Um <laughs> You don't you lose ninety percent of the shots you don't take. Oh my god, wait, not a hundred percent. Not a hundred. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. I've never heard someone do that. Um, there's ninety percent of the shots. There's ninety percent. I mean, ten percent of all shots are just shots that are going to come back and bounce and hit you in the face. No, no. Which... But the thing is, you miss ninety percent of the shots you don't take. Is what you're saying. So there's ten yeah, percent of the shots you don't take. You still nail. You're inadvertently going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's called coasting, Pedro. It's Pedro, and I'm doing it for my, my whole life. life. <laughs> If it comes into play there, nineteen all together, or nineteen on the roll plus plus three if that's for the attack, and then plus two for my strength, right? So maybe it's. Do I add yep. my proficiency bonus into that? Yeah. Okay, so then it would be. So I would be because I'm proficient with battle axes, hand axes, light hammers, and war hammers. Yep. So cool. So it would be plus three, plus six. So, okay. So it is plus. And then do I add my strength into that? I I obviously haven't done melee in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's proficiency bonus plus the attribute, which is strength, plus three. Okay, so it's six, seven, eight. So okay, cool. I do I do a plus eight. So twenty seven to hit. Alright, so you hit. Alright, and it does one D eight plus It does two D eight. 2d8. Yeah, plus strength bonus, plus 3. Alright, now I see why you guys fight like this. This is nice. <laughs> Totally coming on board with Shane. Oh, that is, that is sad. That is what'd sad. You, what'd you roll? 6. I rolled a 1, a 2, and oh my plus, gosh. plus a 3. And I don't add my strength bonus to that hit, do I? Yeah. Oh, then... It's a thing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's I, it's it's, I, it's strength because it's thrown. Okay. Profic- uh, it, it's strength because it's thrown, and then it's plus three because five. it's magical. Yeah. Okay. So five automatically. Yeah. And then I got three. So eight. Okay. <sighs> Sorry. It's okay. It's I'm going to learn it. I haven't played D&D uh, for years. God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing for a year. I haven't, I haven't been playing for years and years. I don't have. I don't. I make a comic about D and D. We'll cut all this out. Um, you, you need to keep it all in. It's all good stuff. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, we're all done. Do you want to say something else? One more thing. Okay, come on up. Okay, one more thing, huh? And I love being in I love football and blue is my lucky color. Blue is your lucky color, that's right. Alright, well that's and good. And blue is my lucky color. Nice. Okay, say goodbye. And noses are my lucky color. Noses goodbye. are your lucky color? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, say goodbye. Thanks guys. Goodbye.